welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, River Valley, I am here with Hal Donaldson, the founder and CEO of Convoy of Hope. And uh, I'm so glad that we could be here at their global headquarters. And there's something special today. God's been working on my heart. And as you know, I talked about we're supposed to do one day to feed the world. And um, I'm just being obedient to what God said. And today, Hal has agreed to be on video with us. And uh, I just wanted you to know the partner that we have. And I wanted you to hear the story because we're going to another level. And uh, I wanted to deepen our relationship with you guys. And we've been giving, but I wanted to put a a face behind it and and to see the organization. So thank thank you you for all you've done. Uh, Pastor Rob, thank you for uh, just through the through the years. I mean, from the very beginning, you have just been a pillar of support. And uh, on behalf of the millions of people who are getting help uh, and hearing that Jesus loves them, um, you're a big part of it. And River Valley, we love you very much. Man, it's been a joy to be a partner. It is every crisis, everything that happens, every tragedy to know that you guys are there. Uh, we always tell the church, Convoy of Hope is already there. We've already supported. We've already done that. And now we're going to another level and uh, I see this place, it's incredible. Thank you. But how did it start? Yeah, I have to take you back to when I was 12 years of age. This particular night, um, my parents were supposed to attend a business meeting and uh, my two younger brothers and sister and I were supposed to stay home with the babysitter, but the babysitter was late. And so my dad said, well, you'll have to hop in the back of the car and go to the business meeting with us. He was halfway down the road and he looked in his rearview mirror and he spotted the babysitter pulling into our driveway. So my dad made a U-turn, dropped the four of his kids off, and we would spend the night with the babysitter after all. Okay. And so uh, then what happened was uh, about an hour and a half later, there was a knock at our door, and I ran to the door, and there standing in front of me were two uniformed police officers. And they had come to deliver the news that my, my parents had been hit by a drunken driver. No way. My dad was killed instantly, and my mom was seriously injured. They told us that she was uh, in the hospital fighting for her life. That, that night, I'll just never forget it, um, a number of neighbors and friends began to just gather in our front yard, and probably about 25, 30 people. And the police officer stepped up to the porch, and he addressed the crowd, and he had his arm on my shoulders like this. And uh, he said, are there any family members or friends here who are willing to take the four kids home with them? If not, We'll take them downtown to the station tonight. Literally to the neighbors, just yeah, anybody. raise your hand. Yeah, just raise your hand. And there was one couple that said, we'll take them. And uh, Bill and Levada Davis, amazing people. Now, I'm sure they thought it was going to be a one or two night sleepover. Yeah. Because all they owned was a small trailer. That's all they owned. They lived in a trailer park and they had kids of their own. You know, they sacrificed their privacy, they drained their savings account wow. so four kids could have a home. We ended up living with them for about a year. No I mean, way. think about that. Now, there weren't enough beds, and so we took turns. In a trailer home. In a trailer, yeah. We, there weren't enough beds, and so we took turns sleeping on the floor, you know, and uh, Bill Davis was an amazing man, and he, he worked overtime in order to support this small army that was living in his trailer. Yeah. You know, amazing people, and uh, really through them, I, I, I like to tell people I didn't become bitter in large part because of their kindness. Wow. Now, so you're in the uh, home with them, the trailer home with them, yeah. 
and it wasn't easy. Like, how did things go forward? Yeah, well, my mom, um, she survived, uh, but the, the glass, the shards of glass from the windshield had sprayed up into her face. And so uh, my mom was terribly scabbed and scarred, and they wouldn't let me see her. Oh. And I begged and I begged. I said, hey, I want to see my mom, yeah. you know? And they said, no, you can't see her. And, um, but finally, I, I talked them into taking me to the hospital to see her. And um, when I saw her, Pastor Rob, I, I literally passed out in the hospital. I couldn't believe that was my mom. Um, but she recovered to the point where she was able to take on a couple part-time jobs. And our family was able to move into a place of our own. Okay. And, uh, but that was the beginning of some very difficult years because my parents didn't have insurance. And the oh, man who hit them didn't have insurance. And so our family was forced to survive on welfare and food stamps. Sure. You know, some, some very difficult years. I, again, I, wasn't, I didn't become bitter in large part because a local church, I mean, they wrapped their arms around us. Amazing. And uh, I remember one time going to church and this woman saw that I had holes in my shoes. And she comes up to my mom and she says, you mind if I take Hal to get a new pair of shoes? And she took me to Kenny's shoe store now, back then, um, Kenny's had three pairs of sneakers. Yeah. Okay, one for $2.99, $3.99, and $4.99. Yes. You know yeah, what I'm I know, about? I do. Yeah, and uh, so all I'd ever worn are the $2.99 pair, right? right? And uh, But this particular day, I, I made a beeline to the $2.99 pair, but this woman weighs me over. And she said, how today, Jesus wants you to have the best there is. Come and on. So, and so she put this 499 pair on me and, you know, I went to school, you know. You're like felt, a king. Oh, I felt like uh, a million bucks, you uh, know. Yeah. And, and, you know, for a kid who had been bullied, I think in large part because of my poverty, yeah. you know, and I didn't have the nicest clothes and, you know, uh, holes in my shoes, holes in my jeans. And that's before it was cool. That holes yeah, in the jeans exactly, I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I, I, it was a hard time. And mm. a lot of times the cupboards were empty. And so we'd have to go to school without a sack lunch in our hand as well. Man. You know, and so people ask me, how, what difference can a, a plate of food or a bag of groceries make? Trust me, when you're hungry and when you're poor, it makes all the difference in the world. That's so good. I mean, and people would come to the door, they'd give us bags of groceries. And, you know, it was like Christmas every time they'd come to the door. Oh, and, yeah. You know, we're diving into these bags, you know, hoping for a, a box of cereal or a candy bar. Or <laughs> Oreos or something. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> But, um, you know, it was their kindness that, that I think just really transformed my life. Wow. But here's what happens. If I could fast forward a little bit, you know, when you're, when you're raised poor, you begin this quest not to be poor anymore. Right. Right. And right. that's the journey I was on. Um, as a teenager, I vowed that I would not be poor. I've seen um, that. People like say, I'm going to pursue riches because I didn't have it. Exactly. Yeah. That was me. Okay. Um, it was about building my bank account, building my career rather than building the kingdom or helping other people. And so I earned several degrees, went to college, worked my way through college, earned several degrees, and I began writing books in my 20s. Okay. Uh, I have a journalism degree. Sure. And, uh, and so one of those book projects took me to Calcutta, India, yeah. to write a book for Mark and Haldeman. And we have that in common. I, I interned with Mark and Amazing Hulda. missionaries, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I saw, you know, as a 20-something, I experienced that. When I land, in Calcutta, they say, well, um, there's someone we want you to interview for our book. And so they take me to interview Mother Teresa. So here I am. That'll change you. Oh, it, it did, it did. And so, you know, here I am interviewing Mother Teresa, and in the course of the interview, she turned the tables on me. She just stops, and she says, young man, let me ask you a question. What are you doing to help the poor and the suffering? 
I figured it was probably not a good idea to lie to her. Yeah. Yeah. So I told her the truth, you know. And I, yeah. said, uh, I said, I'm really not doing much of anything. And she said, well, everyone can do something. Just do the next kind thing that God puts in front of you. And that wrecked me. That messed yeah. me up, you know. And I, I went back to my hotel room that night. And uh, Pastor Rob, I just, I, I just remember just crying out to God, saying, God, you know, I've really missed it. I've been living for myself. I've forsaken the principles my father had taught me, that the key to happiness and fulfillment is in serving others, not just living for yourself. Right, right. And I had forgotten that. And my dad was an amazing giver, you know? I mean, he, he was a pastor of a small church, but he was a giver. Yeah, and, um, yeah. He gave away our family car. Uh, he gave away a couch. I remember coming home from school one day and he'd given away the family cat. I mean, you know, great. That, There's a lot of parents who would yeah, do that. Right, exactly. Give away the family yeah, yeah. I mean, he, that's, he was a giver. Wow. And, uh, but I had forgotten that. And so I came back to the States, and um, not to sound spooky, uh, yeah. but I, I just, I was crying out to God one day, right? And I just said, God, I know some priorities in my life have to change. Yeah. So how do we, how do we make that happen? And I felt like the Lord spoke to me that, I was supposed to travel to eight cities and to live in the streets for three days and three nights. Okay. And so I went to Miami, Atlanta, Chicago, DC, New York. So basically live almost like homeless in Almost a way. on the street, just walk the streets wow. with a hidden tape recorder. Okay. And I wasn't alone, I had a friend with me in each location. And I would interview you know, prostitutes and drug addicts, gang members, runaways, the homeless. And um, God used those experiences really to change my life yeah. and to change, change me. And as I look back now, I just realized that, you know, God had to do a work in my heart before he could do a work in my hands because the heart is the foundation that God builds upon. So and good. I came back after visiting those eight cities and with $300, I went out and bought $300 worth of groceries, loaded them in a, in a small pickup truck and went out to the migrant farm workers in Northern California and started passing out food and that was 29 years ago. That was the start of Convoy of Hope. From one pickup truck, one pickup truck. with $300 worth of groceries. God just said, I'm gonna bless this. Wow, what an amazing start. Yeah, I, we're grateful. So from a pickup truck, with $300 worth of groceries mm -hmm. to the World Distribution Center. I mean, this is incredible. Where'd the momentum come from? Yeah, you know, Pastor Rob, I used to think that um, you create momentum, that you just make the right organizational moves and things will grow. And the longer I've been at this, the more I realize instead of creating momentum, I think you invite momentum. And Convoy of Hope did that 12 years ago, uh, where we, we made some repositioning moves to the organization. Mm -hmm. And when we repositioned, um, we saw God's favor. And it's like we moved from outside the spigot of his blessing, if I can use that analogy. Sure, sure. When we moved into that spigot, we were drenched in his favor. And um, one of the things we did was we really aligned our expectations with God's plan. And this is what I mean by that so is good. we started focusing on the local church. And we made a decision 12 years ago, everything we do will be through a local church because our job, our calling, God has raised this up in order for us to elevate the local church and to lift up the name of Jesus. 
this organization grew at 20% a year and has for 12 consecutive years. Wow, and I love that you 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 moved into the blessing, into the favor. Yeah. I, I wanted to interrupt you so many times because there's so many teachable lessons right there, and I hope yeah. the congregation is really grabbing all this. Um, so you you get this momentum, and now, if I'm not mistaken, you're in the top 50 of charities out of 1.5 million in America. Yeah. You are now in the top 50 in terms of largest organizations, yes, in the country. And high ratings, and I, I yeah. just want everybody to know, like you guys handle the money so well, <laughs> you you squeeze yes. every dollar and yes. every nickel. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Well, thank you for being a big part of it. I'm just indebted to you and uh, to River Valley. You know, another thing I think we did, um, and I'm sure you can appreciate this when you're a young minister or a young leader, it's very easy to allow hardship to really to rock your world. Right. And in the early days of Convoy of Hope, every time there was hardship, we were ready to run for the hills or to pass the baton to someone else, Sure. right? But I think the longer I've been at it, the more I realize is that there's a rhythm to it. And, and it's gonna be hardship followed by miracles, hardship followed by miracles. As a follower of Jesus, that's just what we signed up for. Right. Goes with the territory, right? Yes. And so um, I think when we learned that, um, it, it made a huge difference. I think another thing that we did was we began to chase unity at, at a really high level. We began to talk about unity, 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 because as you've heard people say before, you know, God builds on a platform or a foundation of unity. And the truth is that if, if you're not in unity, you're not going to be experiencing God's blessing. Right. right? And do you remember we were in Puerto Rico doing the video? Yes. And I talked about speed of unity. You did. And I taught it to the pastors after the hurricane yes. had wiped them out. And they were like, we need the notes. And you said, that should be a book. And that's turned out, Speed of Unity <laughs> has turned out to be my best book by far. Well, it's an amazing book. It was inspired at a Convoy of Hope event. Well, you inspired us. You, without realizing it, you inspired us because I was literally um, in tears at that message because I knew that it, you were speaking to Convoy and you didn't even know it. So good. Yeah. So good. So you're pursuing unity. Yeah. And this is growing now. Uh, just... You're, you've got the disaster, every disaster that happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whether it's the war in Ukraine or whether it's a hurricane, a tsunami, yeah. whatever, how do you get this to the world? I mean, yeah. how does that happen? Well, it's another advantage of working with a local church. There are lo local churches all over the world. And so when people ask, well, how large is your volunteer army? I literally can say millions of people so because good. when we're working, that's our workforce, right? And you know, at Convoy of Hope, we do not um, we do not uh, hoard resources waiting for the next big one. Right. Um, we trust God to provide the resources, and That's so our good. team. They're told, "You go, just go meet needs, and don't worry about the money. Let God worry about the money. You go and represent Jesus, represent the local church, and God will bring the money in on the back end." And it's not a very good. It's probably not a very safe business model. But for but 20 years, it's worked. It's a faith business it model. It is, it is. And, and I've always said this, I, I thought God had a pie and he was slicing out pieces of pie. And one day God pointed me to the fact that he's the God of the expanding universe. Yeah. Right now our oh. universe is expanding and he's like, there's more where that came from. And oh. so I love that model oh. of living by faith wow. and doing that. That's a great word. I've never heard that analogy, but I love that. Yeah, so he's not he's not doling out pieces of pie. Right. And he's like, so trust good. me, there's more where that came from. So good.
now you're um, doing one day to feed the world. Um, and that's new, and I just want to talk to our church for just a second. This is a new thing. We, we have been involved in the disaster relief and all that, um, and it's always a joy to know that you're there in the midst of their pain. Um, but one day to feed the world, um, this is new to us, and God spoke to me and said we had to do this and even do it before mm. our miracle offering, before mm. all that we're believing for, wow. to remember the poor. Um, when did that start with Convoy, that you went yeah. from a crisis to a plan to, you know, you know not yes. just be in the crisis, but go into the ongoing need of those that need food? And We were responding to a crisis in Africa, and um, I went to a place called Mathari Valley, and it's where 750, 800,000 people live in unbelievable poverty. There you'll see children uh, eating off of garbage heaps. You see them begging in the streets. Um, you see them sniffing glue to take away their hunger. Mm. And, um, you know, Mathari has no running water, no electricity, no sewage system. It's, uh, it's like a city of children's forts, plastic and wood um, just kind of pieced together. And um, I was there, um, like I said, responding to a, a disaster. And the photographer who was with me just leaned over. And he said, you know, Convoy of Hope could have a, have a real, uh, make a real difference here. Wow. And I hadn't thought about it. And on the flight back to the States, I mean, the tears were just flowing because I knew God was speaking to me that, um, we had to do something. Doing something is better than doing nothing. And so we, we just, uh, we said, okay, we got to start a feeding program in Mathari, and we did. And so fast forward a little bit, a few years later, uh, I'm standing in that schoolyard, and there's a thousand kids in that feeding program, and they're all in uniforms. But then I looked around the exterior of that schoolyard, and I saw all these eyes peering at me through the fence. Yeah. Kids on the outside, you've yeah. traveled the world, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And, um, and so I walked outside and, and the kids, these were the kids that were living off the garbage heaps, you know, no mm. shoes um, and um, hair turning yellow because of malnutrition. And um, my heart broke and I just said, God, um, a thousand kids in Mathari isn't enough. It's just not enough. And I really felt like the Lord gave me a, a word that he wanted to, um, he wanted to feed a million children every day. And One so we'd be a million who can wake up every morning and they know they have access to food and clean drinking water. Wow. And so that's where One Day to Feed the World comes in. Um, we're right now at 530,000 children. So every day, every day, every day. That's we're so halfway good. there and um, we're halfway there. But Pastor Rob, there's coming a day that a million kids will wake up knowing they have access to food. Yeah, and we're gonna—they're gonna—they're no longer going to wake up to fear. They're going to wake up to hope, and uh, River Valley is a big part of that. Yeah, and and we're jumping in, and I th I can't help but think that the Holy Spirit is speaking to a bunch of churches to do this and to ignite something to take care of the poor. Because Second Corinthians nine nine talks about he that scatters his resources, his seed to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Yes. There's a building, Love something that. is happening there. And so God's calling us to do that. And he's calling, well, 530,000 <laughs> people being fed yes. every day. Yes. He's speaking to a bunch of churches and a bunch of individuals, businesses to do this. And it's, it's a bigger strategy than just yeah. like, okay, you get a meal, you get a meal. Talk about the overall strategy yeah. of one day to feed the world. 
you know, I, I do want to say this first, uh, yeah. is that uh, in recent months, because of the uncertainty of the economy, there have been friends who have said, hey, how isn't Convoy of Hope doing enough? You know, is it time yeah. just to slow down and uh, No, and it's not it time safe. to slow it out. <laughs> you know, I said, you know, God didn't raise it up to play it safe, and, and God has already spoken. He wants a million kids. You know, and until we get to a million, we're not slowing down, yeah. you know, right? But people do, we had a prophetic word in our church, and I want to remind our congregation about this. It was called running downhill. Mm. And it said, some have say, said, you've done enough, slow down, take it easy. And the prophetic word said, I say no, run with momentum, wow. run downhill, run with reckless abandonment, Love like that. a child who throws their arms wide and runs, you oh. know, and, and you need to keep running downhill. You have the momentum. Don't play it. Don't hold back. That's Keep right. going. I and love that. I would tell anybody that says play it safe, like, no, you get going with me. You know, <laughs> let's go. That's right. That's right. You know, I, uh, in addition to the children's feeding, we believe in integration. Yeah. Our strategy is integrated, and it's it's not just the children. It's also the mothers of these children. Right. All right. And so um, we help mothers. We take them through uh, an education, through training. We help them start their own businesses. And yeah. so, right, over 100,000 women have now gone through the, the program who are now business owners around the world. Um, and then the other leg of the stool is that um, we, uh, we help farmers. We, through technology, we have agronomists on our team and they're teaching farmers all over the world how to grow their food. And so farmers, women, and uh, children, and we've seen when you integrate those three with a local church, right? the church grows and people get healthy. Yeah, and you have the the center here that is gonna be on property, isn't that's that correct. the plan? And then you're gonna like live stream exactly. how to grow the crops and- Yes, that's exactly that's right. absolutely incredible. Yeah, we have the, uh, we have the growing tunnels uh, in the back that uh, you, you haven't seen yet, but it's, it's very impressive. And you know, what's gonna happen is using technology, people in places like uh, from Ukraine to Africa to the Philippines, uh, Latin America are going to learn how to grow their food better. So good. Well, we are we are in. We are partners, mm -hmm. and God's asking us to go to another level. He's doing something in our heart, and um, we're just following what you've done. And I want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, thank you. And um, I just want to give you the opportunity to speak to our church if there's anything you want to say to them uh, specifically about this uh, next move for us. You know, um, Pastor Rob, you're a humble person, so I, I, I uh, maybe I'm a little bit hesitant to say this, but what I'm gonna say is true, mm. that what River Valley does, what Pastor Rob Ketterling does, uh, churches and people follow. Your willingness mm. to jump in with One Day to Feed the World is going to be multiplied many times over, and because people are watching you and they're following you. And River Valley, I just want you to know that we're going to get much closer to that million, those million children because of your willingness to say yes. And um, they can't be here on camera today. But if they could, they'd say, thank you for believing in their future. Thank you for giving them hope. Um, thank you for representing Jesus. Because of you, they're no, no longer going to be in streets begging or on those garbage heaps eating food. They're going to be in classrooms, learning to read and write, and learning that Jesus loves them. So God bless you. Thank you for your heart of compassion. 
just means so much. I, I couldn't be happier uh, that God spoke to me to do this and following your lead. And uh, that's true. I, I'm praying that God will use what he's doing in us to inspire others. Now, if I could speak to the church just for a moment, um, this is our opportunity. You've, you've heard this, you've seen this. Uh, they, they are the highest rated. They are the people that are there before anyone else. Matter of fact, when we were in Puerto Rico, uh, the people came up to me on the corner and, and she said, no one comes to this neighborhood. No, why are you here? And it just hit me so much. Like you're there where no one goes. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, God spoke to you about feeding the world. And so I'm asking the church to, to do this, to take it serious. Even my wife asked me the other day, she, she didn't ask, she just said, she goes, she did the math and she goes, wow. And I go, that's awesome. I hope everybody has that wow moment of what we're gonna do to sacrifice one day's wage mm -hmm. to, to feed the world. And we're gonna take care of uh, this and, and be able to bless those that have no food and to help that number go up of people being fed every day. Amen. And I'm just believing for that. There's a breakthrough. God wants to do something in our life and he wants to, to break through by doing what 2 Corinthians 9, 9 says, scattering our gifts to the poor mm. and your righteousness will endure. And I, I, I hope that that speaks to somebody right now that you, you're gonna get engaged at that level and your righteousness will endure. People wanna live a life and they wanna say, I want my name to be remembered, I want a monument yeah, or whatever. No, right. we want our righteousness to mm -hmm. endure. So we want the name of Jesus to be remembered and to be lifted up. So we're gonna do that. And when we bless those people in this offering and do this, I, I believe that God's gonna do something supernatural. There's gonna be breakthrough. Um, and, and, and it's not like we weren't doing anything, but God said, you've already been doing something, go to the next level. And I, I, being here makes me like a pickup truck to a fleet, to a, a global distribution. And God's like, let's lean into one day uh, to feed the world. And Hal, if you could pray over our congregation and then we're gonna go to all the campuses, uh, you'll be able to receive this offering. And if I could explain that real quick, we do tithe, offering and kingdom builders. So tithe is where we honor God with the 10% because we're on mission. We give it to the local church. Kingdom builders is how we're being strategic with our over and above. But God's speaking to us now about an offering moment, something that wasn't in our obedience or in our plan, but it's now in our heart. Obedience, plan, heart. And he's saying, open up your heart, feed the world yeah. and go beyond obedience, beyond a plan to something in your heart, sacrificially do yeah. this and to do it. So we're here at this moment right. and I want you to pray for our church that we'll respond to what's in our heart and be obedient. Thank you, thank you. Lord, your word makes it very clear in Deuteronomy chapter 15 that those who bless the poor and the mm -hmm. suffering, you in turn will bless our homes, our health, our finances, our work and more. I pray that blessing over those who are a part of River Valley. I pray that blessing over the thousands of people who will be watching this. May they sense just in the coming days after they have taken that step of faith, may they sense that indeed, God, you have honored your word. You've done what you said you would do. And Lord, we right now we pray for the children, mm -hmm. the women, mm -hmm. and the families mm -hmm. that find themselves suffering and in need. Help us to find them. Yep. Help us to go to them and may your name be exalted. May we give them hope today, but also hope for eternity. Let it be, amen. Amen and amen.